0: hi this is anna and this is check it at the round table where we discuss movies books music and stuff today we are discussing how you can connect with us on social media and also how you can support us we are reachable at this lovely podcast on various platforms we also have several youtube channels the hand network check it round table and also the asian drama club i will drop the links in the description so you can check those out you can also reach us online at our website that's onacar.com that's o-n-n-a-c-a-r-r.com you can support us through either PayPal or Venmo. Our PayPal email address is roses, R O S E S, out of the snow, O U T O F S N O W at gmail.com. And you can support us also on Venmo. The, the connection for that is at onacar, and that's uppercase O and uppercase C, and it's O N N A C A R R. The last four to verify are 1143. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we're discussing the Thai BL Drama Series Until We Meet Again, Episode 3. This episode starts off a little awkwardly, in my opinion, because we have a flashback to the the period of time that Corn and Intouch were alive. Actually, it's right after Intouch's passing, and these boys are in college, and they hand Intouch's good friend a paper that was his, that he had gotten an A on, but he never was able to receive because he died. You also find out a little bit more during the section about the character of In Touch's Good Friend, who is played by Perth Tanapon. Again, I really like Perth Tanapon as an actor. He just does an exemplary job. He literally did this show when he was like, 18 years old. He did Love By Chance when he was 17. He's just a very good at getting into character and portraying realistic people. I don't know anything about him in real life. Um, I do think he's actually doing advertisements for Givenchy, of all things, for some reason. But anyway, that showed up on my Instagram this year this week. But um, he's doing some events for them, apparently. But anyway, moving on. This then segues into... More modern day because this film was literally made last year, so it's still a pretty new series. And Farm and D- Pidine. Farm has been trying to figure out how to somehow um, connect with Pidine, but he's totally freaked out about it. So he decided to make up lunch boxes for the swim team as they were getting ready to go on the bus to um, go to training. And there's a very interesting scene where Win and Team are there, who are played by Bon and Prim, who, if you're familiar with um, Thai BL drama, you'll probably know them from some other works that they've been in. I believe they were also in kind of a horror movie as well from Thailand, which I'm not familiar with, as I don't watch horror movies, so there you go. But anyway, they're a really neat couple on screen. They also are a hoop to watch in real life, um, just because they're really good friends, and they're so ornery. It's hilarious. But anyway, that is a side note. But anyway, Bon and, um, excuse me, Team and Wynn are there at the bus, and they kind of slide over so that Farm and Pedean can have a moment. And, Dean is really busy getting everyone on the bus because he is the president of this room team. So he's like, we got to get everyone on the bus. And, you know, I don't mean it weird, but Pideen is an oldest and maybe it's just the oldest I've known. And again, I'm an oldest too. So I think it's just kind of innately in our DNA that we're really uber focused on making sure we get everything done in order. And with that in mind, he's like, totally focused on making sure everyone's on the bus, making sure the luggage is in, you know, everything's in order. And he doesn't see that farm is coming up behind him with his little bags of lunch, and he also made a special little box that's just for PD. And he says, you know, um, you can go haul that over here. And he doesn't see who he's talking to because he's been busy telling everyone in the swim team to please just get on the bus, move yourselves, okay? And so he then turns around and sees that it's farm. And he's like, oh, okay. And you can tell, I mean, they're both so awkward about it. It's kind of, kind of funny in a weird way. But he's like, okay, fa- non-farm. Um, I'll take the lunches and he's trying to be more laid back than he normally is, which is kind of interesting to watch because they're both having trouble with vulnerability, which, you know, it's a big deal. I think everyone has trouble with vulnerability and it's interesting to see how they both react in their difficulty with vulnerability. And it's, and farm hands Pideen his special lunchbox where he actually cut out these little star-shaped cookies instead of just giving a plain like circle, square, rectangle, you know, triangles. He actually cut um, Pideens into little stars. And so that's kind of where episode three starts off. It then progresses to where Pedine and is back with the swim team from training, and he is at campus and this muffler, I believe, again, I'm not sure, kind of makes this really loud noise and it sounds like a gun has gone off and he looks around and everyone's fine, everyone's moving as normal, but he then sees that Farm has completely hunkered down and is crouching with his hands over his head in complete and utter panic attack. And so he goes over to Farm, he gets him to stand up, he kind of calms him down, and then he does insist on taking him to the hospital because his behavior is so pronounced for a panic attack. He's having trouble breathing, he's having trouble just functioning, Um, even just being able to listen to someone talking to him is difficult. So Pideen takes him to the hospital, gets him checked by the doctor, who basically says, unless we can figure out the root cause, of the panic attacks we're not going to be able to treat you except with medication and since you don't have any issue until you hear something that sounds like a gun there's no need to give you that medication because you don't suffer from anxiety otherwise and so they leave the hospital and no one can really figure out why farm has these attacks or why he's so frightened of gun noises because he never had anything in his childhood that should have triggered that emotion And so Pideen takes Farm back to his condo. And as they're on their way back, they have this interesting little chat where basically Pidine tells Farm a little bit about him. He says, you know, I have two siblings that I live with who I'm really the only one in the house other than them because my parents and their parents live abroad. And I kind of take care of them. And, you know, I'm president of the swim team, as Farm already knew. And he likes rivers and oceans and Thai food, and so he kind of gives him a little rundown, and his birthday, and then Farm again gives him a little rundown, and his birthday tells him that, you know, I live by myself, my father passed away, my brother Foom, and my mom live in New York, and so, you know, I'm kind of here by myself, and I, I like making Thai food, and I too like rivers and oceans, and then, you know, Petey looks at him and goes, and I'm single, still single, and Farm's like, really know where to go without one and he says well i'm still single too and so then they pull up to the condo and farm gets out gets ready to head in and padeen says um here's my phone put your number in it so farm puts his number in it and then padeen sends him a text so that farm has his number and then there's this i love how they do texting scenes in Asian drama. It is so much better than anything I've ever seen in Western drama because what they do is they actually show it as if it is a conversation. And when Pideen gets back to his condo, he's sitting there, flopped on his bed in his PJs, trying to figure out if he should text Pideen or not. And he has this very good friend who's this gregarious... Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Roundtable, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing how you can connect with us on social media and also how you can support us. We are reachable at this lovely podcast on various platforms we also have several youtube channels the hand network check it round table and also the asian drama club i will drop the links in the description so you can check those out you can also reach us online at our website that's onacar.com, that's o-n-n-a-c-a-r-r.com You can support us through either PayPal or Venmo. Our PayPal email address is roses, R-O-S-E-S, out of the snow, O-U-T-O-F-S-N-O-W at gmail.com. And you can support us also on Venmo. The the connection for that is at Onacar, and that's uppercase O and uppercase C, and it's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R, the last four to verify are one one four three. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye. And we are back after that short moment where my doorbell was rung and I, I needed to go take care of that unexpectedly. But anyway, he has this gregarious friend, Farm Does, who is this wonderful over-the-top girl. Um, she's really over-the-top, but she is delightful. And he envisions her being there beside him, telling him that he should text Pedine and kind of flirt with him. And Farm's like, I don't know how to flirt with anyone, and I don't know what I'd even send Pedine to tell him something. So instead, he sends him by accident a Picture he sent his mother for Monday to say basically happy Monday. That's this absolutely wacky, gregarious, colorful thing, and you're going, I can't even imagine Farm sending that to his mother, let alone to this guy he's just met and is trying to make a good impression on and he's sitting there and he's trying to unsend it but pedean already saw it and then you see him having this text conversation with pedean but it is as though pedean is sitting on the sofa with his replies instead of sending it back and forth on text and he's like you sent me a sticker for happy monday but it's wednesday And Farm says, I know, I'm sorry, that was an accident. I did not mean to send the sticker for Monday. I do apologize. And then he says, basically, do you have some, um, P. Dean asks, do you have someone to come pick you up tomorrow um, to take you to school? And Farm says, "Um, when's going to come get me? It'll be fine. And P. Dean says, you know, why don't you let me come pick you up? It's on my way to school. It's no big deal. And so P. Dean's, our farm says, well, I'll cook you a nice meal then. What would you like? And I can just drop it at school. when can take me. And he says, no, I will come pick you up and I'll come get my food when you'll pick you up. And he says, well, what would you like to eat? And P. Dean says, you know, I'd really like an omelet rice, which omelet rice has a special place in my heart because of watching history Three, History 2, Right or Wrong, um, with Shia Ji and Zhao Fei. And that series has a whole song about the glories of omelet rice, which is kind of weird, but if you watch the show, you will totally get it and totally root for that song. Because basically, omelet rice is like the simplest dish in the known universe for someone who can cook enough to use a Teflon pan and make an omelet. And, you know, I eat omelet rice quite a lot, especially this last autumn. I ate it every breakfast for literally a long time. And it's really healthy. It's just rice that's flavored with vegetable. And then you take an omelet and you make that omelet up. You put it on your rice and that's your meal. And a lot of times I would have it with salsa and sour cream. And I'm not trying to make a cooking podcast here, but I'm simply saying it's absolutely divine and it's worthy of songdom. But anyway, Farm is like, I can make you a much nicer meal than omelette rice if you want something. And Pidin's like, No, I want omelette rice. And then basically he's going through his day, he's taking care of things. And then he realizes the next morning, Pidin showed up literally an hour earlier than Farm was expecting him. And Farm's sitting there on his balcony and his PJs enjoying the nice air. And then he looks down and sees. Pedin by his vehicle, looking up, going, hi, farm. And so he's texting Pedin, and he comes out with his hair all messed up because he still has bedhead, and he's like, uh, I was expecting you here in an hour, but if you want, you can come sit in the condo, I'll get ready for my day, and then I'll make you breakfast. And so Pedin is super nervous. He actually brushes his trees. To try. Our P-Farm is super nervous. No, p it's Nong Farm because he's younger. So anyway... So Nong Farm is super nervous. He's brushed his teeth twice. He's trying to get ready for his day. He makes an omelet rice. And then as he's getting ready to eat the omelet, he has another meltdown. And he can't quite figure out why he keeps having those meltdowns and these flashbacks to corn and In Touch. And he doesn't know how they connect to him and his life. And so he's sitting there because he has this flashback where In Touch is telling Corn that he will learn to make a good omelette that is very, very tasty. And he breaks down because he's sitting there watching Pedin have the omelet, and he can't figure out why he's breaking down. But the reason is, is because he's the reincarnation of Intouch, Corn is reincarnated into Pidin, and He's finally sitting down to have that omelet that he promised he'd make that would be delicious 20 years later after they've passed away and been reincarnated. And so he's kind of having another breakdown and he's trying to calm down from that and also not make a terrible impression because, you know, the the few times that Petina's has seen him, he's always been having breakdowns. And it's not really something that you want to have to be impressing someone. I You know, I'm just saying as a general topic, you really don't want to have a breakdown to in front of someone but anyway especially for that first impressions as Jane Austen wrote in her book before she named it Pride and Prejudice but anyway he gets through that he gets ready for his day he comes out all rumpled and Pideen kind of helps him with his hair helps him tie his tie and then they head out and that's kind of where this episode closes I really liked the interjection of the different time periods, although I will say the first one was a little confusing because you're really not sure who um, Perth Tanapon's character is. I don't mean that way, it's just a little awkward. But as you progress, it does make a little more sense in continuity overall. I give this episode probably a 10 just because I really liked it. I also really liked how it handled people who've had trauma and people who've had PTSD syndrome and show them in a much different light than most people think of them as. Because I don't know, maybe it's just because I grew up in the States, but a lot of people thought people who have PTSD are people who tend to fly off the handle and get upset a lot. At least that is most people's impression where I came from of PTSD. The whole thing is, though, is most people who have PTSD don't act that way. A lot of them act like Nong Farm did, and they just completely close in on themselves. And I think the way that they handled that with grace and with delicacy and consideration in this production was a really good thing. I also liked how P. Dean's reaction to Nong Farm having trouble and trying to deal with that and relate in that context was very well portrayed and also rare because, you know, as much as I'd like to say the world is full of people who, when someone's having trouble, they'll come alongside and encourage them, and not always so. And for those ones who do, I think this is a great way to show how you handle a situation that can be tricky like that. Also, it was just comedic with the texting um, of the Monday Happy Monday picture, and also the the kind of uncomfortableness that happens when you are awkward in those first stages of a relationship. And you know, I don't think it just regards. And I need to turn off notifications. I don't think it just regards you know romantic relationships because the one thing i do think bl drama is really good at making me think about personally even though i'm not into romantic relationships i don't date probably won't ever do that just not my thing um you know i think it's interesting because it helps me reevaluate my other relationships in my life it also makes me realize that you know There's awkwardness in every relationship as it gets started, whether you're talking about a friend that you're trying to connect with who you're not sure is going to be your friend yet or, you know, a business colleague who you don't know how they handle situations and you're trying to deal with that awkwardness and they're trying to deal with the awkwardness and you think, you know, personally, oftentimes you think it's one-sided, but oftentimes you find that they're going through the same brain gymnastics. They just also don't want to tell you because they don't want to seem to be vulnerable. And, you know, I think it's interesting that I'm watching Until We Meet Again at the same time I'm reading Brene Brown's Rising Strong because they both, in many different ways, deal with vulnerability and also how you handle relationships. And that is, I think, a key component to how we handle life in general because if you think about it, Our lives are defined by the relationships we have and the relationships we don't have. Um, I mean, that's just the truth of it. I mean, they are defined by, you know, the lack of or the, you know, the, the, what's the other word? The other word. The generosity of our relationships. Do we have relationships that are healthy? Do we have relationships that are not? The ones that aren't, can we do something to improve that? If we can't, what can we do instead? Move forward with our lives. I mean, that's kind of what life is about. And also the vulnerability component of being able to sit there and say the things that we need to say when we need to say them in those relationships, which does take a great deal of courage although you know i was actually recently watching a ted talk and it was about a woman who was talking about uncomfortable feelings and how she's made her entire psycho psychology psycho she's a psychologist and she spent her entire life working on uncomfortable feelings that's her that's her ground and she's like you know when you actually run the studies People are usually uncomfortable in their feelings when they're trying to deal with something in a relationship for 90 seconds. And, you know, I sat there this week and I was like, you know, pretty much everybody can handle one and a half minutes of something that's uncomfortable. And I sat there and went, why don't we handle those one and a half minutes that are super uncomfortable? I'm like, well, because we are all building up to those one and a half minutes and we agonize over it and we reevaluate it. And we spend our entire life sitting there going, should I say something? Should I not? Should I do that one and a half minutes or not? And at the end of the day, if we are sitting there agonizing over it, then we probably should. I mean, you know, it really does come down to that catalyst moment when you sit there and go, I'm going to live my life and I'm going to live it with as few regrets as possible. And if that includes one and a half minutes of something that's uber uncomfortable once in a while, yeah, totally worth it. Does that mean it will always work out? You know, as Brene Brown um, said in her book, Rising Strong, I should have named a book, you know, falling hard, basically, because a lot of times when we're vulnerable, the outcomes aren't always positive, but at least then you know, and you're not wondering about it. And you're having the strength and courage to go forward, to be vulnerable, to work on a relationship, to pursue um, depth and character and trusting people with that is something that I think is a very noble cause and totally worth going for. And I think that's one of the reasons I do like Until We Meet Again. And again, I'm circling the raggings here. But, you know, that show really does show. I think it's also because it is about reincarnations. It's about, you know, two individuals who 20 years before totally messed things up. Now, I will say in my personal opinion as watching this video and as a viewer from the Western world, and maybe, you know, that's just my opinion on it because I do come from the Western culture. Corn had a lot more that he messed up than In Touch did. Now, In Touch also messed up his life too, but he didn't mess it up on as grand of scale as Corn Because when Corn made the decision to commit suicide, he also, in a way led In Touch to make the decision to commit suicide. I mean, now, granted, In Touch was entirely responsible for his actions, but he was definitely not thinking, you know, with all barrels going there. He was just kind of completely at the end of his rope at that point in time. And, you know, Korn, I think, always had a strong Stronger strength in being able to make decisions, and the fact that he made such a poor decision at such a crucial moment really is something that did cost a lot. And the fact that both these characters had to come back 20 years later in two different forms to replay events so that they actually get things right this time is something that I think is an interesting concept. Now, I personally don't believe in reincarnation simply because that's not something that, you know, I was raised in. And culturally, it's very different than what I came from. But I can say that this is the most valid point for reincarnation I've ever seen portrayed in film. I mean, actually, I can see an argument for it here. The other thing I really liked about this show Is because these two characters are reincarnated and because they do realize they are reincarnated they also realize that they've got to end up together again because that was their point of coming back to the planet to make this work and you know the other thing I think is cool about that is it's not like a burden of I have to end up with PD nor I have to end up with non form it's more of a I'm settled this is worked out and I don't have to sit there wondering who I'm going to be with or what I'm going to be doing with my life in my relationship. It's just, you know, this is the way it is because this is the way it was predestined to be. And I think in many ways, that's kind of a cool thing. It's not like the um, predestined of like something that's a burden. It's more of kind of a relief that they both know where they need to go and how they need to live their lives. And I think that's another reason that this show is so cool. And again, I really wish we didn't have it in a BL category, even though it is a BL drama, I believe you first to admit. But because it is such a higher quality film with much more, I don't mean it, right, substance than most Thai BL drama series. And that's no offense to Thai BL drama. I like many Thai BL drama, although I will say, they're usually the more along the lines of Until We Meet Again than along the lines of, like, I'm not even going to do a review on the Thorn type series, okay? That's just not my thing, not going there. But anyway, that's what I'm saying. There are different levels of quality, and I've covered this in depth in a couple of other podcasts, but this show really does make a very good point for the quality of BL that can come out of Thailand that I really think people should give a look into because it is so superlative and it asks really good questions along the way. And with that is my review of Until We Meet Again, Episode 3. Also, this is the episode where you do get a glimpse as a flashback to how... um, Born and In Touch ended up together as a couple. I am going to do a little brief thing, so this is kind of an addendum. But anyway, In Touch was walking with his friend, who is played playing with upon, who I'm sorry, I do not remember his name. But anyway, and a bunch of their cohorts at college. And In Touch is 17 at the time, or maybe even 16. I'm a little unsure, because if he passed away on his 18th birthday, then that would make him at least, probably 16, because he and he and corn had been together for a year before they died um so ergo he would have been 16 when he met corn because they hadn't started dating when he was 16 so anyway but so he's walking by corn and corn has his book and he's reading it very studiously and in touch pauses for it. and i'm not exactly sure what it was about corn that he really liked. I mean, no offense, I'm sitting there going, what was it about Corn that InTouch found so attractive? But I don't mean about bad. I'm going, he's not really, the, he's not a likable type. But he was very studious, he was very serious, he was very about reading his book. The other thing is, Corn um, came from basically a mafia debt collector, and so he had all that stigmatism that all the people were being really harsh on him about, because he came from that, so ergo, he must be a bad person. And... In Touch doesn't let any of that trouble him. He walks up and goes, I like you. Can I start hitting on you? And Korn's like, "Um, have you lost your ever-loving mind? I'm reading my book. I'm busy with my life. Please move on. And so he's sitting there literally flabbergasted looking in touch like, you know, most people aren't even talking to me Why are you trying to hit on me right now? And in touch is like, well, you didn't say no. So that means ergo I can and that's kind of where it closes and They're both sitting there and corn's just like I don't get that and in touch is like well I have a loophole I can pursue this and you know, I think that kind of explains their relationship in a nutshell Now, the interesting thing is as things flip and as they're reincarnated, the thing I think is kind of cool to see is Korn's reincarnation of Pidin is more that way. He's acting like in Touch did, and in Touch's incarnation of Nang Farm is acting more like Korn did. In the hesitancy of the relationship. And I think that's kind of cool that as they had a chance to do a do-over, they also had a flip in the relationship, and the roles were kind of reversed in the playing of the field on that. And so that was kind of cool to see. And with that is my review of Until We Meet Again, Episode 3. With that, Anna out. Bye! Check it at the round table. Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing how you can connect with us on social media and also how you can support us. We are reachable at this lovely podcast on various platforms we also have several youtube channels the hand network check it round table and also the asian drama club i will drop the links in the description so you can check those out you can also reach us online at our website that's onacar.com that's o-n-n-a-c-a-r-r.com you can support us through either PayPal or Venmo. Our PayPal email address is roses, R O S E S, out of the snow, O U T O F S N O W, at gmail.com. And you can support us also on Venmo. The, the connection for that is at onacar, and that's uppercase O an uppercase C, and it's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R. The last four to verify are 1143. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.